Welcome and thanks for listening. This is your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Hello and thank you again for joining us. Today I am extremely pleased to welcome Court Administrator Corey Steele to the show. Corey, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. 2020 has been an interesting year. There's long been talked about 2020 hindsight. Well, when we look back at 2020, there's certainly lots of lessons that have been learned. Corey, what stands out to you most of all about court operations, access to justice and the like in 2020? 2020 has been a unique year. As we started the year off looking at how we could continue to progress and move and change our system into the next generation, we really got hit with the pandemic. And when that hit us in March or early April, we really had to change the way that we did business within our court system. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. As you said, we went to modified operations as a judicial branch very early, but modified operations mean something different for the judicial branch than maybe it does otherwise. What did the modified operations across the judicial branch look like? So modified operations for us is a way of continuing to conduct business just in a different manner. What that means is using remote technologies. What it means is holding court hearings in a different manner. What it means is having our court operations, our probation operations, and our public guardian staff do things in a different manner. It may not have been status quo or the same as we've always done it. We had to look for new and inventive ways to continue to stay open, stay operational, and continue the functions of the judicial branch. Essential functions, uh, critical. Let's just take those individually one by one. First off, why can't the courts just close down and walk away and say, oh, we're in a pandemic and we just need to, we just need to shut down and we'll come back? So the Nebraska Constitution doesn't allow us to shut down as a judicial branch. It's very specific that the courts must stay open and operational at all times. So that means we need to continue to conduct our business in many different ways. And so that Constitution drives the fact that our courts couldn't shut down, our court offices couldn't shut down, probation supervision couldn't stop, and the Office of Public Guardian couldn't stop their role as overseeing those most vulnerable individuals within the state. So we were essential in the way that we conducted our business, and we were the frontline staff to the court system. We must remain open and operational. And again, that's that takes on a different meaning during a pandemic when other businesses are shutting down. There is limits on the number of people that can be together there is face mask requirements. There is social distancing requirements. Those things really play a role in how we conduct our business in a different manner. So, Corey, when you talk about court functions as a whole, the biggest reason you can't shut down, right, is because, unfortunately, crime didn't stop and civil proceedings and other, other types of court actions, whether it be adoptions or protection orders or other essential functions of the court in particular, continued, and you need to continue to be functional for those reasons, right? Correct. The public has a right to the hearings that are scheduled to access to the justice system and the things that they need within the court system. Just because there's a pandemic, you're correct. Things don't stop for the court systems. We need to maintain operations. 
So one of the things that really became paramount to us was really limiting the amount of hearings that we had in person, really looking at what are those essential hearings that we must have within the court system, and which cases can maybe be pushed back a little bit while we get those critical functions taken care of. There was a lot of talk, especially early on, where across the state they were closing courthouses. But just because courthouses were closed did not mean courts were closed, correct? Correct. So across the state, we did have some counties that we worked with that were closing courthouses in the sense that limiting the amount of people that were coming into the courthouses so that we could maintain the staff that were in the courthouses safe. Also, the essential functions we needed to maintain that keep them safe. So we had to figure out different ways in order to make contact with the court system. So we used a lot of remote technology, whether it be video technology, telephonic technology, in order to hold hearings in that manner. Different ways to access the clerk's office and being able to allow for filings to be emailed in or utilizing what one thing that we've built over the years is electronic filing, our e-filing system. So really bolstered our e-filing system to allow for the transmission of those types of things. We also have an online payment system that really paid dividends in this time frame where people didn't need to come in to the clerk's office to pay their tickets. They could do that online or pay their fines online. So those are some things that we've done in the past that really came through and helped us during this pandemic. Even though we weren't without impact, we were able still to deliver those essential functions across the state from a court perspective. Let's talk a little bit about frontline. You talked about essential. You've also talked about how probation and the Office of Public Guardian were both impacted. I think there's a misnomer, especially from a probation perspective, that says that's office-based work. That, in fact, is not office-based work. So can you talk a little bit about the essential functions of let's start with probation? Yeah, so probation officers, one of the key ingredients of a successful probation term is the relationship you have with your probation officer. And I think that's difficult in the time of a pandemic because those face-to-face or those sit-down meetings take on a different way of doing that. And so utilization of, again, video technology, using cell phones in a different manner, texting, really trying to figure out how can you continue to supervise and provide case management in this type of a pandemic. The fortunate thing was at the start of the pandemic is it was during the spring where we were able to get outside and at least social distance and have home visits in a different manner. Drive-bys were making sure individuals were at their home where they were supposed to be. And with a lot of businesses and operations in other areas shutting down, that gave people a lot of free time. And so really, how do we continue to make sure that those that we're supervising are are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Drug testing took on a different manner where that's really uh, social distancing during drug testing is difficult at best. So those operations had to take on a different feel, a different look. Holding groups, holding groups via technology was crucial. Providing those that are on probation the opportunities to be able to utilize those technologies was difficult as well. But those are the things that we had to think about on how we did things differently. I think a lot of times people forget that probation is, in fact, community safety. And it sounds like what you just described was some ability very early to adapt because, once again, probation isn't something that can just shut down because if it shuts down, then you lose the community safety aspect of that sentencing alternative. Correct. Probation is community safety. 
probation is crime control. Probation is there to make sure those that they're supervising are doing the things that are needed to keep them out of trouble. So it's vitally important that probation services continue throughout the pandemic. Last but certainly not least, let's talk about the Office of Public Guardian. We had Michelle Chafee in here a couple of episodes ago talking about specifically what that office did. But as much as any function of the judicial branch, the function and facets of the Office of Public Guardian have been tremendously important during this pandemic, haven't they? Tremendously important. It's it's heart-wrenching when I talk to Michelle each and every time because of the fact those individuals that they have on their caseloads are those in nursing homes. A vast majority are in nursing homes. And that's the population right now that's getting hit hardest by the pandemic. Not only are they getting infected and the death rate is very high, but also the isolation because they can't have visitors. Some of these people haven't had a visitor besides those that are working within the nursing home for nine, 10 months. And so that in and of itself feels isolating, lonely, and those types of situations. So the Office of Public Guardian has worked their tail off the last nine months to make sure that everything they can do in their power, that their wards are not only being safe, being taken care of, but also that they're there to support them any way that they can. And I think that includes... Uh, basically, the associate public guardians in that office take on the role of family members there. And I know there have been some efforts to try to bring some normalcy to the ward's life, even things like cards and and just recognition and visitors. I know this is a very scary thought, but just imagine for a minute a world without the court functions. What What would that have looked like, in your opinion, had we just shut down operations back in March? To me, what comes to mind is complete pandemonium. Without the court system, without the courts being there to address the issues that were in front of them, our jails would be full, over capacity. Crime, I think, would be a little bit more out of control than it is. It would be complete pandemonium within, within our society without the court system. And building on that, the impact that this has had across communities. But just talk a little bit, if you would, about the efforts of the employees of the Nebraska Judicial Branch and the judges of the Nebraska Judicial Branch to make sure that the essential functions of the branch were carried out. Gene, I couldn't be more proud to be part of the Judicial Branch than I am today with the work that's gone on over the last nine months. The Judicial Branch staff, the judges, have been phenomenal in what they've done to continue Everybody has worked night and day, put themselves out there in what we consider potentially harm's way, continuing to hold those mandatory hearings that are statutory bound, continue to provide those essential services that we've talked about. So the men and women of the judicial branch, I definitely hold that in high regard in what we've done over these past nine months, 10 months. Judges have been so creative and have figured out ways to continue to do what they need to do. One of the things as we went into this pandemic, we really knew that we needed to leave this a little bit up to those local jurisdictions to come up with ways on how they could do things. We put guardrails around the system and how we wanted the system to run, but we really needed to let it be individualized from jurisdiction to jurisdiction because we knew there was uniqueness everywhere. And the judges have stepped up And the court staff have stepped up, our clerk magistrates, judicial administrators, our chief probation officers, our public guardians all have stepped up and taken this on head on 
and continued to forge ahead no matter what the circumstances. From times when it was really, really high pandemic and COVID was really infecting the local areas to times where we were able to start getting some of those most essential services, jury trials and so forth. They looked unique in different areas, but they were really, really looked at the ingenuity of the staff and the, and the, and the judges on how to get things done. So I couldn't be more proud to be part of this judicial branch and to work with everybody within the judicial branch throughout these times. Corey, as we draw to a close 2020 and head off into 2021, I believe in late 2019, there was a a pandemic conference held in Nebraska hosted by the Chief Justice. Where do we go from here? What's next? Yeah, you mentioned the pandemic conference. University of Nebraska Medical Center was a great partner. And we really weren't even looking at this type of pandemic. It was Ebola that uh, started that pandemic where they were one of the quarantine sites for the nation. And we thought, hey, we better at least have something here because there could be some some challenges to the quarantine laws and what took place, not knowing what we were going to be into today and how today has reshaped the way that we do business. So looking forward as we move forward, one of the things that we truly, truly hope is we've really learned a lot of lessons from this past uh, nine months how we can continue to do business in a different way. I don't want us to go back to normal. I don't want us to go back to the way we were a year ago. Um, I hope our system has changed and evolved for the better. I hope we've learned a lot of lessons throughout this time and how we can provide services in a better manner to the public. One of the things that uh, I talk with colleagues across the United States about is the fact that court appearances are at an all-time high and you, you stop to think about that. Let's take a simple divorce proceeding or a child custody proceeding. For parents maybe not even living in the same jurisdiction, one has to drive in, take work off, go to the courthouse, you know, all of park, all of those things. So a 30 to 45 minute hearing really takes somebody a half to three quarters of a day out of their day just to come down to court. Where if that's now being held telephonically or video conferencing through WebEx or Zoom, uh, that individual can take a 30-minute lunch break, a 45-minute lunch break uh, at 1 o'clock and go in their car from their cell phone and appear at that hearing with the judge, with the attorneys, with the other spouse, and they can have that child custody hearing or that modification of child support, whatever it may be and be back to work. They took 30 to 45 minutes, an hour at the most, off of their day instead of a half a day to a full day in order to do those things. So that's important. Those those lessons learned and those ways of doing business differently can really pay off in the long run for us in the judicial branch. Lessons learned. That's a good way to, I believe, wrap this up. Adaptability, when you look back and just wanting to continue to move forward from it, If nothing else, the access to justice, the essential functions, the frontline workers of the Nebraska Judicial Branch have been essential as we've navigated 2020 and heading into 2021. Court Administrator Corey Steele, thank you very much for being our guest today. Thank you, Gene. And and just again, I just want to say how proud I am of the Judicial Branch and everything they've done and everything they've endured over the last nine months. And I really look forward to what's going to be on the horizon for us as we move forward and see what we can do better within our branch. Thanks again, Corey. This has been another episode of Your Nebraska Judicial Branch. Please remember to subscribe, like, and review us on your favorite podcast platform.